Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Consider becoming a Texas Football Insider, our subscription package at TexasFootball.com slash insider. Besides helping to make shows like this possible, you'll also get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts, our archives. We've got all 60 years of the magazine digitized, recruiting analysis, and must-see insights from the Dave Campbell's Texas football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider at texasfootball.com slash insider. That's texasfootball.com slash insider. And thanks for listening. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Make sure you catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on texasfootball.com and on Facebook. And if you like the show, subscribe on the podcast vendor of your choice. Give us a positive rating and tell a friend. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show on the Internet. My name is Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook or listen to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She is the Duchess of the Dorks. She's actually back. With a happy heart, because I literally think this might be the first time that everyone in the comments has agreed on something, and it was the fact that Double Dave's has the best pizza buffet. Like, well, I, I'm I, pumped for the positivity going on in this cannot, comments right now. I cannot I cannot argue against it. I also can't argue for it. For it, yeah. Where is the nearest? There's one in Denton. I know that for a fact. Double I Dave's. don't think there's one in beautiful Louisville, pizza Texas. Pizza locations. Oh, it looks like there's one in Keller. Okay. Yeah, looks like yeah, one in Keller or Denton. But here's the other thing, though. Mm-hmm. Sorry, guys. Whatever your comfort level mm-hmm. with the pandemic right. is, that's fine. I will tell you a pizza buffet is right. outside my comfort level yes. at the moment, and that's why I'm saying I. That's what I want more than anything, knowing that I can't yeah. have it. You can still go order out, but you've got to get the full on double days experience. Okay, with the buffet. I can tell you where they are. Ready? Um, Cedar Park, Denison, Georgetown, Hearn, Houston. Hutto, Lakeway, League City, Maynard, Pflugerville, Round Rock, Spring, Westlake, and then a couple in Oklahoma. Yeah. Okay. See, that, I've never been. I would yeah. love to try it one day. Very good. Very love good. To today is Wednesday, October 28th, 2020. 29 days till Thanksgiving. So 1,057. 1,057, the Mickey Tettleton episode. On today's show, friends. We're going to be announcing the In-N-Out Scholar Athletes of the Week. Then we'll talk with Greg Powers of Nectal Athlete for all things Texas high school football recruiting. Excuse me, across the state of Texas. Sorry, I was eating oatmeal. But first, Pickle, do we have first fourth through the door? We Ooh. sure do. It was Aaron Arbuckle, Ed McElroy, Allison Brown, and Rob Hathaway. Welcome in, fellas and lady fellas. And lady fellas. Okay. We have to do a segment that I don't like doing. And I know that some of you don't like us doing. So please don't yell at me in the comments about it. We don't like it either. But we have to do it. Okay? Because it's probably been about three weeks since we did it. We've got to do it. Mm-hmm. Got to do a COVID check-in. Okay? Yep. I don't like it either. <laughs> I don't like it either. Keep the keep the good Double Dave's vibes going. Don't yell at me in the comments, please. <laughs> I don't like it either. But it is our responsibility to talk about 
football in the state of Texas, and there is a huge story, of course, in the state of Texas, which is what's going on with coronavirus. And and we've been getting a lot of questions and emails and tweets and DMs and everything, you know, um, uh, letters carrier letters with uh, that are made out of uh, or letters that are made out of like uh, letters that are cut out of uh, magazines. Oh yeah, like um, like ransom <laughs> notes. Oh, uh, we've been getting those asking, hey. What is what do the numbers look like in Texas high school football? Mm-hmm. Um, we're in a bit of an uh, a bit of an inflection point, I would say, which is why I want to do this segment today, because you probably heard the news out of El Paso that the two largest school districts in the state of Te- in not in the state of Texas, but in El Paso, Socorro ISD and El Paso ISD, they are suspending uh, extracurricular activities. Minimum two weeks. I believe El Paso ISD said that they would be two weeks minimum. Uh, and I believe that Socorro ISD did not put a date on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are not, that is not, that does not comprise all of the high schools in the surrounding El Paso area. I know that I believe Clint is still playing, Clint ISD. I believe Isleta ISD is still playing, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. But if you didn't know, El Paso, it's bad right now in, in, the, in El Paso. Um, so as a result, there are uh, there there's no more there's no football in those two school districts for a while. And and by the way, that comprises about fourteen or fifteen UIL high schools. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of high schools, yes. guys. So including you're going to have some districts like District One Six A and District One Five A Division One that are now under the minimum of playoff teams. That for example, if those teams weren't to get back on the field, then then you would have like two teams in the district, and that would provide its own challenges. Um, I will tell you that a couple of weeks ago, we saw an increase in the number of games that were being canceled, being postponed, being delayed, etc. They went from about 5% of games to about 10% of games, between about 10 and 12%. And that was a concerning moment for me because when you see the trajectory go like this, you start thinking, uh-oh, is it going to continue on that trajectory? The good news, the good news, it's its like bad good news, you know what I mean? The good news is that that rate has leveled off, okay? We are still seeing about 10% of Texas high school football games that are being delayed, that are being postponed, that are being canceled each week due to COVID-19. Still about 10% of the games. But it's still, it's not going up. What I feared was that we were going, was, I'll have to go back and look, maybe like week seven, where we went from 5% to 10%. And I thought, uh-oh, because if next week is 15% and the next week is 20%, that is bad. Especially because that was right at the point too where 5 and 6A had been playing yes. for a couple of weeks. And yes. that was our first real taste of where we were going to be and we were we were scared for that yep. taste the whole time for sure for sure and we're not talking about the number of games gross we're talking about the rate yes okay so that's you know that means we were you know if there were 470 uil 11 man games 47 or so were getting canceled delayed postponed etc okay 10 percent is not a good number okay it's not a good number but it's we're not it, it it didn't go higher. That is that is what I am taking solace in. I will take these wins where I can get them. I am not going to look at gift horse in the mouth in 2020. Okay, so that's kind of where we stand right now. It looks like we're trending to about another 10% week this week. One thing that we're going to run into though is 
we are kind of out of weeks to push him back to. Yes. Especially in the small school ranks, okay? You are seeing one of the reasons that we, we you saw yesterday we played Steps Cool week, uh, you know, week 10 road trip. The mega road trip. The reason that he's going to games Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday is because he's many— a robot. That too. But <laughs> many districts have a, needed to adopt a— Hurricane schedule. Yes. Okay. This happens a lot down in Southeast Texas, if and when they are. Uh, Which some of those games I think actually are from hurricane yeah, schedule. Some of them. Some. Twenty twenty. <laughs> so, the, so as a result, the the UIL rule is that you can play, you cannot play two games in five days. So if you play Monday, you can play against Saturday, and so that's what they're doing is they're trying to get these games in. For example, I know that uh, Wortham, mm-hmm. I believe it was Bremont. Uh, Bremont. Bremont played Wortham. No, Bremont, Bremont played on Monday, Monday, and now they're playing Mart and on Saturday. keep in mind, it has to be a full clock time of, of five days. Actually, no, I can correct change? you, because the UIL did relax that, apparently. Okay. So one of the things that we did here is that if you play at 6, 6 p.m. on Monday, you cannot play again until 6 p.m. on Saturday. Yes. The UIL, from what we understand, did relax that rule slightly. So that okay. if you play at 6 p.m., you're it's okay for you to play, play at, at noon. noon. Okay. Now, I think that they don't want you to go crazy. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is kind of like an honor system type thing right. where they're saying, look, don't play at 12.01 a.m. on Saturday and just be a jerk about it. Right. You know what I mean? So I think that there's a little bit of like like honor among thieves type situation. Yeah. Like let's be. Let's... Five boxes on a calendar, yes, but exactly. it doesn't have to be it around a clock. Be. Yes. But. So you're seeing, that's why you're seeing games Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That's going to happen again next week, which is week 11. What we're now up against, though, in the small school ranks is that if you have teams that are that have to cancel or postpone or have an outbreak from here on out, the game changes because there's no more time. A hard and fast, like a buzzer is going to go off mm-hmm. Saturday night on November 7th. Because that's when district certification is, okay? District certification is a fancy way of saying the UIL needs to know who's going to the playoffs. Mm -hmm. It's a fancy way of saying that. You tell them who's going and and please seed them accordingly. That's it. So that has to happen on November 7th because if you start messing with that, if you start jimmying with that, Mm -hmm. then you are going to have a problem. And now you're going to be uh, affecting the schedule of the playoffs. Now, I believe, I'll just say this, I think that if push came to shove and a team needed to play a game on Monday, November 9th in order to certify the results, I think the UIL would bite down, swallow hard, and deal with it. Mm Mm-hmm. But anything past that, that is as much wiggle room as they have because the playoffs have got to get going. Right. So we're kind of up against that. Uh, 6A and 5A obviously have a few more weeks to figure to, uh, to to kick things down the road, and I think that they were able to look at a number of the small school districts and see the issues that they were having and saying, let's go to zone schedules, let's mm-hmm. do this and that. They've adjusted in many ways. But we are kind of at an inflection point with the season that we need these next two weeks specifically to Just go to well. Flatlined. The other question that we've had a lot is what happens in the playoffs? Mm-hmm. What happens when you get to the playoffs and you have um, a num and, and you have a team that can't feel a team, the team that has an outbreak? And I think that we can learn something from 
other sports. Here's what I mean. So this is not, uh, as much as we love football around here, mm-hmm. this is not, football is not the only UIL sport going on right now. No. Uh, volleyball is going on. Mm-hmm. I don't think they've reached the playoffs though yet. No. No. Um, we have a volleyball podcast. Uh, <laughs> we don't need a volleyball podcast. Nobody would trust <laughs> me talking about volleyball. No. Um, team tennis is also going on. Yes. We saw this earlier this week that San Angelo Central uh, sent out this tweet and said, due to unfortunate circumstances, the bi-district match versus El Paso Eastwood will not be played. El Paso Eastwood has forfeited, uh, meaning that, they, that the Central Texas team, uh, Central Tennis team are bi-district champions and will be advancing to the area round versus TBD. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple, I think that that is probably indicative of what we are going to see going forward. Right. That if a team cannot feel a team, if a team, if a team has to cancel or forfeit, then, you know, we're going to have an issue. Now... Look, I think – I'll just say this. I think that hopefully there will be fewer outbreaks mm-hmm. because there will be fewer teams. Hopefully that is the case. And hopefully c- coaches will redouble their efforts to make sure that uh, – coaches and players, I should say. It's a team right. effort. That they will redouble their efforts to make sure they're staying safe. Hopefully. I will also say – that if the rate continues mm-hmm. and we continue to have 10% cancellation and 10% of the playoff games get canceled every week, yep. that's when you start reaching a situation where it's a bit of a farce. Mm-hmm. It's a bit farcical at that point. Um, and you start talking about like asterisks. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to do that. Right. I and don't want to do that. I think uh, another thing that makes me a little fearful, and again, not trying to be a fear monger or anything like that, but one, practice for basketball. Mm-hmm. Boys basketball starts today. So that is more people out playing more sports and bringing in all of that. Indoors. in a Very indoor, close, very physical contact mm-hmm. game. And so that worries me a little bit. The other thing I wonder is, yeah, I think for especially in the first couple of rounds, you look at, okay, if you can't field a team, then you don't play. What happens when you get down to state semifinals? Yeah. And there's four teams, mm-hmm. you know? It's mm-hmm. like, do you mm-hmm. when does the asterisk come in there? Sure. And and look, these are questions that we're kicking around around here. You know, I I I, I want to be. I have I have told you from the jump that the one thing that we will be on this show is honest. Mm-hmm. That's something we talk about a lot around here. We talk about what are the implications uh, when we get to the playoffs. Uh, also, in the college football ranks, not sure if you heard, but North Texas and UTEP got canceled. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows if that game gets made up? Um, it is, and then today, I don't know if you saw. Did you see the thing from the Big Ten? Yes, Wisconsin. Wisconsin will not play this week. Wisconsin's, Head coach has it too. Yeah, Wisconsin's game with Nebraska has been canceled uh, because um, Wisconsin. I, I didn't hear about the coach, but I know that their first string and third string quarterbacks are out, and due to Big Ten protocols, they have to be out for three weeks. Yeah, twenty one days. days. Well, and I think the other thing, the coach has it, and there is a there's a picture going around of. The mask is on, but it's not over the nose. And I think that people need to understand that the mask does not do what it's meant to do Let's if do you it. do not Here. wear it right. Let's have a tutorial on a how tutorial. to cover Greg your Tepper. face with a mask. Greg Tepper, not an expert and, in fact, a dummy. Yes. But here's how you remember. But he okay. does do proper masks. Look, okay, it is over the ears. You've got it right there, right. over the mouth, and over the nose. I did it. <laughs> Good job, Greg. Hey. <laughs> it's even stylish and fancy. Just, I see so many players and coaches on the sidelines and stuff, even at these high school games, where they have it on and they think it's doing right, but if you don't wear it right, it's not going to work. So wear it, but wear it 
correctly. There it is. There's there my <laughs> tutorial there for go. the day. All right. <laughs> there you go. I'm sorry we had to talk about this, but we had to talk about it. Probably end up talking about it in another three weeks. Yeah. You know? But hey, we're only talking about once every three weeks. Yeah, exactly. I think that's pretty good. Yeah, okay. we're doing well. Anyway, we're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Dave Campbell's Texas Football has once again partnered with our friends at In-N-Out Burger to spotlight some huge games across the state of Texas in the Texas high school football ranks. And at each game, we also honor scholar-athletes from each team um, as part of uh, In-N-Out's uh, commitment to the community here in uh, as part of Texas high school football. Uh, and so we've got two games this week. We're going to start Friday at Rough Rider Stadium in Saginaw as Justin Northwest visits Saginaw 7 o'clock on Friday night uh, in a critical, critical game. Uh, this game going down 7 o'clock, 7 o'clock Friday at Rough Rider Stadium. And our uh, scholar-athletes of the week from each team, on Saginaw side, it's linebacker Hassan Spurlock. Their senior linebacker is the in and out Burger uh, scholar-athlete of the week. And on the northwest side, let's talk about Jack Poe. The Poe name carries some weight, by the way. I, don't, I, I genuinely don't know if he's related to the Poe family, but uh, Jack Poe, the senior wide receiver at Justin Northwest. Congratulations to our In-N-Out Burger Scholar Athletes of the Week, uh, Hassan Spurlock from Saginaw and Jack Poe from Justin Northwest. And then Saturday, down in the ATX, noon Saturday at Kelly Reeve Stadium, the Hutto Hippos take on the Round Rock Stony Point Tigers. And uh, it's going down noon Saturday. We've got scholar athletes from those two games as well, from those two teams as well. Hutto senior offensive lineman Juan Mora is our Hippos uh, in and out Burger scholar athlete of the week. Congratulations to him. And on the other side, Sony Point wide receiver Miles Tubbs. That's a good. That's a good looking suit. Yeah, oh, I love. Is that the, a matching the, pocket square? Yeah, color Ooh. tie everything. Miles Tubbs, the senior wide receiver there uh, for Round Rock Stony Point, is our In-N-Out Burger uh, Scholar Athlete of the Week. Congratulations to all of them, and make sure you check out TexasFootball.com uh, for coverage of our In-N-Out Burger Games of the Week. Speaking of Games of the Week, that's a bad segue. Yeah. We talk with <laughs> we talk with uh, Greg Powers of Next Level Athletes. Humans of the Week. <laughs> our our uh, recruiting analyst here at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Talking about all things recruiting in the state of Texas, including a big pickup for the Texas Tech Red Raiders and uh, maybe the quietest awesome prospect in the state. Here's our conversation with Greg Powers of Next Level Athlete here on Texas Football today. I'm Greg Tepper. That's Greg Powers. And this is This Week in Cruton. Greg Powers, Next Level Athlete, for this week in recruiting. Follow him on Twitter at GPowerScout. Follow Next Level Athlete on Twitter at NextLevelD1. And, of course, see his fine work at TexasFootball.com slash recruiting. This is brought to you by our friends, our chicken friends at Chicken Express. Our delicious uh, – I said this last week, our delicious friends. They're not the, – the product they make is delicious. <laughs> they themselves, I'm sure, are wonderful but I would not describe them as delicious. Powers, how are you? Great. Uh, it's a little, been a little bit rainy this week, a little bit Buddy. dreary, but just gives Here. us a little bit more time to dive into the video of all these top prospects in Texas. Recruiting is, I mean, across the country has been slowed in some states, but not in Texas. I mean, it's been crazy the amount of prospects that are like coming out of the woodwork and 
2021 is starting to pick back up again, and we're playing a lot of high school football games here, so the kids are getting a chance to show out on film, so it's been kind of fun. Can I can I issue a take that I don't have any data to back up? Okay, okay. let's hear it. I think that because you can now stream Friday night games, that there is a little bit of an increase in exposure for some of these some of these players. That is my official take. I don't disagree. I don't disagree with that. One thing that I noticed, um, and we can we'll get into this as we go through the notebook. Um, I mean, the the talent in Texas just gets better and better every year. And I think because of the pandemic, mm-hmm. and there are other states that don't play as many football games, don't have the opportunity to coach their players, uh, the amount of time that we do here in Texas that it's kind of separating itself out from maybe some of the other states across the country who do have great football talent. Um, but up and down the list, you know, the top 300 list that we're compiling right now uh, for the DCTF Rising magazine that will be out in December, it's going to have some names that aren't in it mm-hmm. that are going to be surprising. Like that's how stacked of a year it is in 2021. And even more players are uh, Coming out, of, coming out of the woodwork every week, and we'll get to one right here right off the bat, I think, with our recruiting notebook. It is uh, a lot to get to uh, here in the recruiting world. We're going to start with our prospect on the rise. Our prospect on the rise, let's go to the Brazos Valley to Brian Rutter, where 2021 wide receiver Keith Ron Lee, um, is, he, he was committed at one point to UTSA. He's now decommitted from UTSA, and since then, he's picked up a couple of big offers, most notably, in my opinion— pretty big in-state power five offer in TCU. Uh, and this was a guy who has been showing out uh, early in the season there, Keith Ron Lee. This is one of those guys where you can just like shut up and watch the highlight tape. I mean, yeah. from 2021, it's it's really remarkable. I mean, this guy um, is one of those prospects who will probably line up in the slot in college, but is a true mismatch nightmare because of his athleticism and it doesn't take long right there on that highlight tape to see that uh, him being able to climb the ladder high point the football he runs great routes is able to get separation so it's no surprise that his list is starting to uh, take off since he made that decommitment from UTSA back in September. SMU's another program I think to watch. I think he would really fit in well with that offense there for the Mustangs and give them a playmaker who can kind of line up all over the field and do some different things. Um you know, Pittsburgh, Colorado State, Louisiana Tech, ULM, and, and many more have also offered him. And he had a six-touchdown game where he collected 13 receptions and 351 yards this year. Uh, Keith Ron Lee, here's to you being on the rise, and he's one of those guys that we're watching very closely for DCTF Hot 100 honors as we evaluate prospects in this class. Well, and, and that's a, a perfect example of, I think, a guy who probably started off the, the, off the radar in part because, look, I mean, I don't mean to be mean here, but like Brian Rutter is not a necessarily a brand name state power. You know, we, we don't necessarily think of Brian Rutter putting out prospects every single year. But here is a guy who, at least early in the season, has been like, no, it doesn't matter like where you play. Like he is a dynamo out there and a guy who like what I really like about he's a physical receiver. This is a guy who who is like he does not go down at first contact. He's going to fight every single time. And that's it's very impressive. I, you know, we've had highlights of him on Fox and I've been like this is a kid who is just a, a superstar. That's why I kind of hate to use the term slot, you know, because when you say slot some people think oh well he's minuscule or he's not um, very physical. That's not the truth with Keith Ron Lee. I'm just saying that he's a guy who you put in the slot and linebackers are going to have a very hard time covering him. He has a speed uh, speed advantage when he's matched up with them, but he also has the physical attributes of an outside receiver. This is definitely one of those 
prospects on the rise by true definition. He's one of those guys that's going to shoot up the charts. Let's now move on to our commit of the week. Our commit of the week, we are going to Central Texas, to Rockdale, where 2021 athlete Cameron Valdez has pulled the trigger. He is heading to Texas Tech, the Red Raiders, hauling another kind of small school star there. And he had offers from all over the place, including SEC, like Ole Miss, other elsewhere in the t- in the, uh, in the Big 12, like TCU and Oklahoma State. He had an offer from Nebraska in the Big 10. Um, a guy who was on our radar. It's hard to get no, hard to be on our radar at the 3A level sometimes. But uh, a guy that like his his talents are so un- unmistakable that it's no surprise that he was racking up offers like this. Yeah, and I think he's going to really fit in that Texas Tech offense very well. He's, he, I guess, by definition, we have him rated as an athlete. I think he's like that slot back is the best way to describe it he's a guy who catches the football really well he doesn't have a huge opportunity in that Rockdale offense to catch a lot of passes he's done some of it this year Uh, they put him in the backfield he's their star playmaker so they like to get him a lot of touches there Uh, but he's he's a prospect who can make big plays and one thing that's jumped out to me on his 2020 senior tape is that he's a little bit bigger and stronger uh, than he was as a junior filled out a little bit more especially in the lower body which makes him able to escape tackles especially at that level Uh, get out of arm tackles for sure make big plays extend plays and that's going to definitely suit him as he transitions transitions into the big 12 as he heads into college texas tech got a really good one here uh he's one of those guys who was on everybody's radar really early everybody wanted him and as classes started to fill out it just happened to be texas tech standing on top at the end and i think that he's got a a true weapon for coach wells there in lubbock uh very exciting to see a a 3a kid get an opportunity like that cameron Valdez heading to texas tech we're talking this week recruiting with Greg Powers, Next Level Athlete. Follow him on Twitter at GPowerScout. Follow Next Level Athlete on Twitter at NextLevelD1. And, of course, get involved with the show at hashtag TFToday. Let's move on to our Recruit of the Week. Our Recruit of the Week, going offensive line, kind of North Texas, Denton Braswell 2021 offensive guard, Eric Cade, who stands 6'6", 320. That's all. Uh, He has named his three finalists, uh, and they are three heavy hitters, Texas, Alabama, and LSU. Is a four-star kid um, and a guy who, look, there's a reason that his final three are Alabama, LSU, and Texas. Uh, He's the number two guard in the state, according to Dave Campbell's Texas football. And, uh, I mean, from a physical perspective, from a skills perspective, seems like he's got it all. It's no wonder that these kind of perennial powers are in the mix for him. Eric Cade is one of those guys where you go to a high school game on a Friday night and you know who he is within – Two seconds of being there. He passes the eyeball test. When he lines up on the line, he dwarfs other high school players. He's the biggest guy on his team on a, quite frankly, an offensive line that has some beefiness up front at Denton Braswell, a school that's really going to start to continue to crank out prospects onto the next level. It's, it's a real program on the rise here in the DFW area. And this one's kind of fun for me because a lot of times I'll come on to the show and I'll be like oh well you know watch out for this school and this player's recruitment or keep an eye on the Longhorns here as they may hold an advantage Cade is one of those guys who plays his recruitment very close to the vest and if you log on to some other sites who are in the prediction game there are no predictions Mm -hmm. out there 
for Eric Cade, which is really surprising because the three teams that he's considering has some of the best experts that cover college football recruiting in the entire country in Texas, LSU, and Alabama. And when they don't know, uh, that really throws uh, a wrinkle into the plans of predicting where one of these guys might end up. And Eric Cade is uh, going to be a true surprise when he makes his decision. And that's fun for me, and I think it's fun for the fans to have some of these guys where they really don't know where he's going to end up. I kind of put in the notebook to keep an eye on Alabama. They've really been there from the beginning, but it it's just a long shot guess on my yeah, part, I guess. Nobody knows. He's not. He's not into. Uh, you know, he's a quiet kid. Right. So, nothing wrong with that. You know, we 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 deal with a lot of a lot of players, and and look, it's your recruitment. You can handle it however you want. But you have a, a number of players who, every time they get an offer, every time that they you know have a big play, every time they do that, like you hear from them, and that's a good thing from our perspective as people who who you know report on it. Right. But at the same time, there's also this other side of of players who like to keep it a little bit quieter, a little bit low-key, and, and, and suddenly you're showing up with uh, a final three of Texas, Alabama, and LSU, and you know, <laughs> not necessarily surprised. All right, let's get into, let's round it all out with our um, underclassmen of the week. Our underclassmen of the week, we're staying in the DFW Metroplex. We're going to Saxe, to their 2022 quarterback, Alex Orgy. If you recognize that name from East Dallas, uh, you uh, know he is the younger brother of Alston Orgy and Anthony Orgy, uh, who are both at Vanderbilt. Uh, and this kid is uh, doing big doings there. Last week against Garland, he threw for 267 yards, ran for 120 yards, and he has four touchdowns in that game. Uh, he followed that up uh, by getting an offer from Virginia Tech. He's got offers from all over. Uh, it's another kid from the – they went out back at the, at, the, uh, at, the, at the orgy family tree, and they just picked off another prospect because this kid is, uh, is another star. Yeah, and this was a huge win for Saxe to beat Garland the way that they did. I mean, that was a big game, a big district game. Um, you know, Garland has a ton of talent this year. They have a lot of big-time players on both sides of the football who are getting looked at by colleges. But Saxe has been there year in and year out as a team to beat in that district, and it looks like they're starting to separate themselves from the pack again this year and in large part due to Orgy leading them on the offensive side of the football. This was a big offer for Orgy because it was double digits for him. He climbs to number 10 on the list with a lot of other uh, heavy hitters in there. What I thought was pretty interesting when looking at his list, it's a lot of Power 5 programs that stepped up to offer him first. And Pickle and I were kind of talking about this before the show started. Every orgy I've ever covered passed the eyeball test when they were like 14 years old. And, you know, because Alston and Anthony were going through the recruiting process, Alex was one that we were able to get our eyes on early. He was a big deal back when he was a kid and a young kid before he even started playing for the Rockwall program his ninth grade year when he was a receiver there, um, you know, and, and was a standout receiver for the, for the Rockwall team that was really good that season. And now he's playing quarterback at Saxe, and, and he's one of those guys who – could play different roles in an offense. He could probably play wide receiver, but, man, he has a giant arm. And the more experience he gets playing within that offense, I think the more colleges are going to like him because of his upside uh, and his arm strength. So he's one who's only going to continue to get better. And I was excited to get a chance to talk about Orgy because he's the third one in that family tree, as you mentioned, that has been a big deal in the state of Texas. So congrats to Alex Orgy for being underclassman of the week. And just uh, just to the latest in a long line of accolades coming his way there, Alex Orgy, the quarterback there for the Saxe Mustangs. He is our quarterback. He's Greg Powers at Next Level Athletes. Actually, I don't know. Um, you're like, you can't uh, take it back now. You I said think, it. You already I, said it. I think you're more of like a strong safety. Okay. You know what I mean? So it's like you're leader of the secondary. You're out there barking orders. You're making sure everybody's lined up right. I'm glad uh, you didn't say nose guard or 
something no. when you when you retracted <laughs> that. But okay, I, I can live with that. I'm the backup left guard. Pickles the quarterback. Uh, Ishmael is. <laughs> What is Ishmael? Ishmael's a center. Okay. You know what? Ishmael's a center. Ishmael's he actually roots everything. Ishmael's actually in charge. <laughs> yeah. But like nobody talks about him. That's the big thing. Anyway, yeah. uh, he's Greg Powers, <laughs> next level athlete. Follow him on Twitter, G Power Scout. Follow next level athlete on Twitter, next level D1. See his fine work at texasfootball.com slash recruiting. Powers, thanks for your time. Let's do it again next week. See y'all then. There he is. Greg Powers, next level athlete, our recruiting analyst at G Power Scout at next level athlete D1, texasfootball.com slash recruiting. And now. We go to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts, where I hear in the Facebook comments, y'all are having a normal one. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. I don't. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry that we have to talk about COVID, but it's the reality of the situation. We only do it. Once every couple weeks. Well, don't so. tell me something I don't want to hear. So sorry, guys, but we we only talk about it once every couple weeks. That's you, you're right. gonna have to sit I'm through that. I'm sorry, it's a huge part of yeah. what the 2020 season is and about. I mean, the fact I don't like it any more than you do. Mm-mm. The fact that we but you know what's not gonna help. It. Yeah, not, you know what's not gonna help is whining about it in the comments. Good lord. Yeah. Anyway. Thanks for watching, guys. It's going to do it for us. <laughs> Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Thanks, as always, to Greg Powers, the next level athlete, being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please get your player of the year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today. Mm-hmm.